Learning scripture, knowing Christ. Welcome to the Hashtag One Fear podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. And today we have the trio. Hi. Hello. Go away, Dom. <laughs> I can't. I won't. I don't like I you. I refuse to. Hey, now, we're today we're, I'm glad you said that because today we're talking about zeal. And I have zeal for you in the negative way. Wait, did you say zeal or seal? Zeal. Seal. Okay. Seals are so cute, like unlike a you. seal like the animal or a seal like you sealed the door shut? I can seal the door shut to keep you away from me. <laughs> You're being so negative. Right here is our me. examples. Yeah. Um, so we we came across a couple different discussions and other podcasts that we were listening to and uh, a couple things kept on like a recurring theme. And I don't know if it's like just something that's been going on, if this is like God's message to everybody, and that's why it keeps coming up. Uh, so, but we wanted to talk about zeal. Uh, so we we got it. Well, I got into it, <laughs> and then I relayed the message to uh, Danielle and Raylan. Uh, but there's a couple of verses that we want to talk about that has to do with zeal, uh, because in biblical terms, there's very positive zeal and very negative zeal. So we want to, first of all, define that and then talk about uh, how we should be uh, approaching our beliefs in Christ with the correct type of zeal. And also how we are going to approach others with appropriate zeal. Isn't that right, Raylin? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so before we, before we start, uh, I think... Let's just define zeal in, in biblical terms, um, and then we'll get into the verses that we have, okay? Okay. Yes. They, okay. <laughs> so zeal, a positive uh, definition to zeal that's found in Scripture is having a fervor for something or an excitement uh, or being excited over something. So this zeal is... you. you you lean more towards having a passion towards a certain thing or a, a an appropriate desire towards something and you make it your life. You make it part of who you are. Uh, for example, I love soccer and I wish I could eat, sleep, and, and play soccer all the time, but I can only eat it. I can't play it though. <laughs> um, and sometimes I sleep it. But it's just one of those things that every aspect of your life, you want it to be enveloped and you just always want... You're giving me weird looks, Raylin. What? what? Why did you say you eat soccer? Uh, because I consume it, but I can't always go out and play with it, play it, but I I watch it is what I mean. I Okay, she was... Did really... I really have to explain that? Yes, it <laughs> made no sense. I, I on, eat it. I consume. You I, also like, didn't I do the it. here we go I, thing. I didn't get there yet. That's I feel why. like you should have done it. Oh my yeah. gosh! You need to. <laughs> I apologize. Everybody listening right now, I am so sorry. I apologize. Apparently, I'm I'm getting scolded. Dom has been really anything. irritating today. So. <laughs> I've been irritating for the past couple of days. Yes. And you guys, you got. <laughs> that was way too fast, and nobody. Might I add, has asked me why I'm so irritated. No, you're not asking me right now. Not on the air. Because you were just so irritated. <laughs> I didn't want to make it worse. 
Did you, really did you want- just hear the words that just came out of your mouth? I did not want... You were so irritated. I didn't want to make it worse. Yeah, you were full of zeal. The ugly kind of zeal. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my gosh. So eat, sleep. Consume. And, and, and sleep soccer. And I can't do that all the time, but I do watch it. Um, but that's the kind of zeal. It's something that you, you let envelop and uh, take over your whole life. You allow it to do that. Um, now, the negative zeal is when you, I think it's more that you force it. It's the zeal that's more forced. Uh, it's defined in, in the New Testament as an intensity or a jealousy. And uh, so when we get into this more, we're going to talk about jealousy, especially because God is a jealous God. And uh, so we're going to kind of get into that a little bit as well. So with the positive zeal and the negative zeal, uh, this intensity and jealousy, what? Can the negative zeal be considered um, misplaced zeal? Maybe misdirected. Yeah. Because I think it is a, 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 a zeal that's forced on others instead of one that's developed for yourself. Yeah, or like you're just... You're, in your, well, in yourself, not for yourself. You're zealous. Maybe not even after the wrong things. Like the things themselves aren't wrong, but like... We'll, we'll get into it because okay. the, the verses that we have really identify and what point directly to exactly what it is. And it's not, it's not anything on the outside. It's actually on the inside. All right. So without further ado, <laughs> here we go. All right, so the first verses that we want to look at, uh, the first two are from Romans. Uh, The first one is Romans 10, verses 1 through 4. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is a culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. All right, so that's Romans 10, 1 through 4. The first thing, Israel has a lack of knowledge. They just don't know. All right, and, and this culminates into a whole bunch of different issues for the, uh, the recipients of this letter. They, they try to do this zealous thing. But everything that they do, they don't have a knowledge to back it up with. Uh, so the, uh, first things first, verse 1, Paul's desire. All right, And what is his desire? That they be saved and more people be saved. Because the whole reason why Paul writes Romans is to say, hey, we, I want to get to Spain. We got to get to Spain to spread the gospel. And I want, to know, I want you to know the reason why we're doing it. So therefore, you know that it'd be beneficial to help. All right, so... Paul's desire in verse 1, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. All right, so do we want to be right or do we want others to be made right? All right, so he, already there's this, there's this zealous, uh, there's this zealousy. <laughs> is that a word? Sure. Yeah, and, and uh, for some reason, I had, what was that, Gin Blossom, that saying, hey, jealousy, except, hey, jealousy, 
No? Okay, so you're just giving me weird looks. <laughs> Man, I'm glad that didn't pick up on the mic, that weird look. <laughs> you can just imagine so, it. <laughs> so... Uh, the question comes up, do we want to be right or do we want others to be made right? All right, this whole big argument about uh, uh, my rights versus your rights and all this other stuff, and we want to do this, we want to do that, it, it really culminates to this. Why are we being so selfish when we should be doing everything we need to do for others to see and recognize that God wants to make people right with him? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden, you know, there's all these arguments and Paul just says, hey, guys, my heart's desires is to see people saved. So like I turn around, I kind of question, what's our desire in all this? Do we have that type of zeal? Do we have this fervor or excitement to see people saved? All right. And he also says that it's not just a desire, but it's his prayer to God. Hebrews uh, points out that prayer must be sincere. Okay, are we in uh, Hebrews ten twenty two? Are we honest and aligned with God? First of all, and, and you know, talking about prayer being sincere, are we honest and aligned with God? Like, are we praying about things that God would want to see happen? Like, it's kind of like, hey God, um, I know I know this person isn't for me, but. I really want her. So can I have her, you know, or can I have him? You know, it's like, it's one of those things where is it aligned with God? Perhaps God will grant you the very thing that you're not asking for. So we need to understand that. And, and the only reason, the only way that we could understand that is to be aligned with God. Did I hit some chords there, right? <laughs> Which, by the way, my dear listeners, Raylin is single, so... Thank you. <laughs> so if you know anyone, uh, or, or email. Yeah. You gotta be tall. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so, She's very okay, zealous. Matthew McConaughey. She's very zealous right, about right, tallness. Right. Very zealous about the tallness. I think it's, it's making up for the shortness. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. But I hit another bad chord. We went to the, we went flat there <laughs> with that chord. All right. So, oh, um, a prayer being sincere, are we also willing to be a part of the prayer? Are we uh, are we willing to be a part of the answer to that prayer that we have? All right. So, so number one, we need to be aligned with God because if we are not aligned with God, we're not going to really know what God's will is to be a part of His will. And second of all, are we willing to be a part of the answer to that prayer? So, like, why are we, why are we even doing anything? Uh, like, why are we even praying if we're not even willing to be a part of it? You know, so this is what Paul's desire in prayer is. All right. He wants to be a part of that. He is being very, very sincere. So he knows exactly what this correct zealousy is if that's a word, uh, it should be. All right, and that brings us to verses two and three. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. He knows, and he knows exactly what it is because he's also zealous for God. But then he says, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. So what is it, what is it exactly based on? Uh, 
since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. All right, so right there, he explains why uh, their zealousy is, it's a, in, in the Greek, it's actually a positive one. It's that fervor, it's that excitement, but it's being generated not by knowledge, all right? It's not based on their knowledge, but since they did not know righteousness of God, they, stop, they sought to establish their own. So this righteousness that they're trying to establish in their zeal is not of God's. Therefore, it is a self-righteousness, okay? So I, I want to bring up Galatians 4.16 real quick uh, through 20. It reads, Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have a zeal for them. All right. And that's the kind of thing that happens when they show this zealousy it, uh, that's derived from self-righteousness. It ends up, oh, wow, this guy looks amazing. He looks great. You know, the way that he dresses, the way that he talks, he's so relves. I'm going to listen to hashtag pod, uh, one fear podcast all the time. I'm really not that. <laughs> that. You can stop chuckling over there. All right. So that's the kind of thing that happens when people have a zeal that's based off of self-righteousness. Uh, and to continue the verses in uh, Galatians chapter four, uh, verse 18, it is fine to be zealous provided the purpose is good and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change your tone, change my tone, because I am perplexed about you. He's perplexed about the Galatians because they're developing this zeal that they are chasing after this kind of person, that kind of leader, uh, this kind of belief, and that kind of uh, good deeds and all that, just for what? their own popularity, basically. They want people to say, hey, you know what? This whole big Christianity thing, I got this, so come, follow me. Come to my church, come to my group of people. But in reality, they're just telling people to follow them instead of, hey, follow Christ. Their zeal is saying, shouting out to everybody, saying and beckoning to them, come follow me. When Jesus, in the meanwhile, is like, uh, no, I told you all to follow me. <laughs> all right. So back, uh, so back up to Romans uh, chapter 10, 1 through 4. Verse 3, since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. So if they're not submitting to God's righteousness, whose righteousness are they submitting to? And again, it's a self-righteous one that they're submitting to. So what are they learning? Verse 4, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. They're not learning that. They don't know that. So is it kind of like that pastor I like to say is more of a motivational speaker than, like, he, he's full of it. He's, he's, he's yeah. got the passion. He just does not. Use you could say which one. Is, I, I, can Stephen, I? Stephen Furry? Yes. Yeah. I just love him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, honestly, like. <laughs> I don't think people picked up on the sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it's like, 
I don't have anything against him as a human. I have a, mm-hmm. I have a lot against not just what he teaches, but how he's teaching it. Uh, because if you look at the rhetoric, you know, how he's presenting certain things, um, can you present, uh, let's put it this way. Can you present a, uh, the message of the need to repent from your sins the way that he does any other message? I, I still yet to see anything like that. And that's a recurring theme in all of that kind of uh, that kind of preaching and all the the celebrity uh, pastors and stuff like that. Um, I, I mean, I have nothing against people going to church, but I have everything against people going to church to see the pastor. Well, and whenever something falls apart, when something happens to that pastor, you see yeah. that. Like, it, I think there's some things that will happen that even if they're not following the pastor— something could still fall apart. Mm-hmm. But like you see people falling away and not knowing what yeah. to do with themselves. I, I when... mean, it, it happened with Jesus. Yeah. It, they struck the shepherd and they all scattered. Yeah. Well, I just listened to um, some cultish episodes and there was a pastor that they had on there. And I liked one of the things he said, which to me would be his zeal was in the right place because he said what he would do with, with people. Sometimes they'd come to his church and he's like, you know, they're driving 45 minutes to church. And he said, and I know a lot of the churches and the pastors in different areas. And he said, I would sit with them and say, you know, we love you. We love having you here. But have you thought of checking out this church? I know this pastor really well, and it's 15 minutes from your house. I just want you to be able to get plugged in. And for him, it was just, he's like, it's not about getting people to my church. It's about getting people into good Bible teaching churches. And so... That's why he made sure he knew enough good churches that he could say, hey, this is closer to home and more doable yeah. for your family. And yep. I, he's like, it's not that I don't want you here, but it is hard to do effective long-term ministry. Yeah. And we've even done that ourselves. Like, yeah. when We've talked to friends who are, I guess you would call it in limbo, mm-hmm. and, uh, and wondering whether or not they should leave their church. And it's like, hey, you go where you can get plugged in and serve. Yeah. And do what you can to to love on God. Yeah. Um, so, what is this? It's so. Let's talk a lo- about a little bit uh, about the <laughs> self righteousness versus the righteousness a little bit. All right. So, under a self righteous zeal, uh, we make the rules so they're easy for ourselves. All right. When it's self righteousness, it's kind of like, well, I've established my own set of rules. I know I have to live this way and do this and do that. Avoid all these other things that I may or may not find in scripture, depending on if I've read the, read the Bible. Um, uh, and let's just make my own rules and it'll be easy for me to do it that way. Because let's be honest, being self-righteous is so, so very easy compared to dying every single day Picking up our cross and dying every single day to be the to become the righteousness of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. It, it is very easy to be self-righteous um, because we do make our own rules. Appearance is in uh, like when you have this self-righteous zeal, it's this appearance like yeah I have it all together, and of course it's going to look like that because you made the rules and. <laughs> it's easy to follow them, okay? Um, 
And you know, yeah, I'm, I'm righteous. I'm holy. And so therefore you can trust me and you can depend on me. And you can't do this without me. You need to depend on me. All right. So this is what the self-righteous zeal looks like. No one, in the meanwhile, here's Jesus. No one comes to the father, but by me. So the self-righteous will not uh, outright say it, but will kind of live the implications that they are the way to Jesus. You know, I don't think many people, unless they're like a big way of uh, cult-like ways of of, uh, religion, will not say that they need to be the person that gets them to Jesus, so therefore Jesus can get you to God or anything like that. Uh, But what it comes down to is if you're under a leadership that's saying, yeah, you got to do this, you got to do that, and trust me, do this for me, I'd, I'd be seeing a lot of red flags come up. And there should be some flags coming up. All right, so then verse 4, uh, Christ is the culmination of the law. Christ did for us what we cannot do ourselves. So this self-righteousness automatically is unnecessary. Not only is it too easy, and it's, you know, it, it develops a this facade. Uh, it, it develops a false zeal. Uh, it it really is not necessary because Christ has already done what we are not capable of doing. All right, this culmination or the the climax of salvation. All right, it, it, if you're into literature, if you know the the what's that arch called? The climactic arch is that what it's called? Yeah. The what? the plotline arch, whatever. Oh, the thing. The yeah. What, what is that called? What, yeah, thought there's it, a name. I thought it was the climax. No, that's a part that's of That's a part of the arch. Uh, but anyway, called... so it, that arch, Google if you, it. yeah, Google, go for it. Um, if you look at that arch, the climax is at the end. But the story doesn't end at the climax. It starts to wean down and kind of gradually go to the end as the that slope of the arch goes down towards the end of the story. But that this culmination is the climax of salvation. The story doesn't end there. And most of the time, when this type of zeal, uh, even though it's a positive zeal, but it's based off of self-righteousness or lack of knowledge, what it's doing is stopping right at that climax. But the story doesn't end there. You know, it's like how, how many times we've taught on this podcast, it's, it's Christianity is not a one and done deal. All right. We don't pray this sinner's prayer and that's it. We live our lives in accordance to how Christ died and rose to life. Again, we live that same life. Did you get it? They're all called plot diagrams. Plot diagrams? I'm really mad because I don't think that's I the thought, name of Yeah, it. I thought it was something else. I thought it had an actual It's one name. of those things that's like, it's so simple, but like, wait a minute, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's something like that. All right, so... Let's skip over to Romans 12, 9 through 11. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. I like that, don't you? Mm-hmm. It, it's very straightforward, too. Love, love must be sincere. Like, you can't fake it to make it. It's got to be sincere. So what does that look like? Hate, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. All right? Don't hate the people. Just hate, you know, don't be a part of the evil. 
uh, and cling to what is good. And if you're clinging to something that is good, you know, like if you're falling off a cliff and you're clinging to a branch, <laughs> cling hard. <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's important. Uh, and he says, cling. Uh, to what is good, because it is so very important. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. All right, that's how love is going to start looking sincere. Now, verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. All right, so our zeal should not be serving the people that we are zealous for, (laughs) you know, uh, zealous how they lead us or anything. I mean, and this is very, there's a very thin line between serving people and serving out of zealousy people. Does that make sense? I feel like there should have been a comma somewhere. (laughs) There, there might be, there's a difference between serving people as we should, we should serve people, but there's a difference between that and serving people out of a zeal for them. All right, where should our what should our zeal be? I mean, I I'll be honest, I I have a certain zeal towards my wife. I have a certain zeal towards my kids. And Raylin. <laughs> <laughs> a very specific particular zeal for Watch Ray. it. <laughs> and uh what it comes down to is we shouldn't be lacking in zeal, just like Paul says in Romans 12, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So we can get so caught up in wanting to serve other people that we have a zeal for, such as that that pastor that says, you know, or or uh, that youth leader that says, you got to depend on me. You got to make sure that uh, you come to me, depend on me. You know, it that's that zeal that's based off of self-righteousness, if that zeal transfers over to you and you have that same kind of zeal right back for them, it's not a good zeal, even though it's such a positive zeal. So zeal needs to be based on knowledge because emotion, all of that stuff fluctuates. And like, I know we've talked about it in the past, but like, there are times that we have not felt like doing something, but we did it out of the truth of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it was sincere love. Yeah. So yeah. it was like we knew at that moment our feelings were not going to be the thing that drove us to do it. Like, yeah, sometimes I think feelings can help and it can hype you up more, but if you only ever base your zeal off of, I feel so zealous, like – that's going to die. Yeah. Or it's going to go up and down where you have to rely on that knowledge that you, you have of Christ to drive you to continue to do it. Yeah, definitely. Cause there, there are those as Christians will uh, label them valley moments and mountaintop moments. And that's I hate the terminology. Topic. Yeah. That's a, another topic, but it, and I don't like the terminology. Like just, just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean you're down in the valley. You know, I mean, I think there's worse situations in the world <laughs> that could be considered valley-like things. Uh, but that, and the mountaintop experience, like, why do we continue? This is another podcast. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's just, 
Because it's one it's I was a, going to bring up with you, so please stop. Okay, but but <laughs> but I want to bounce off of it because okay. that that goes into an intensity and a jealousy type of zealousy zealousy towards God. All right, so let's talk about the the jealousy of uh, that we can have versus what jealousy God has. All right, because we can so want to have these all these different experiences uh, be, and we can be zealous towards them because they're good. They're obviously from God, so it should be fine. And that's all we seek instead of God himself or seeking after how we can serve rightly others. You know, have that sincere love towards people and never lack in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. How are we going to serve the Lord if we have no connection to anything else other than trying to seek those mountaintop experiences. All right, so let's talk about the jealousy aspect of the negative zeal uh, or this intensity. Now, it, it could be very confusing because God also has a jealousy for his people. Uh, so there is a, a positive jealousy and there's a negative jealousy. All right, so to, to get a good understanding of what this positive jealousy is, um, let's just talk about, you know, a, the relationship that, that God has with his people. He only wants himself and his people to be in a relationship with each other without anything else getting in the way. And if that stuff gets in the way, he's going to, he's going to be jealous for them. And he seeks after them. He tries to woo them. He doesn't try to uh, force anything. He doesn't try to manipulate. He doesn't try to uh, do anything uh, to trick others into trying to be in a relationship with him. His jealousy is, I want, to, I want them to come to me of their own free will without having anything, no, without any other strings attached to anything else. And so often throughout the Old Testament, especially, we see all these false gods. And God says, I am a jealous God. I want nothing to get in the way. I want, there should be no other gods that come before me. It should just be one and one. It shouldn't be one. And uh, yeah, I'm going to add on this couple, these couple things, these couple ideas. Uh, no, God just wants only us. He only wants his people without anything getting in the way of us coming to him. All right, so this jealousy. Uh, now, in, in human terms, it, we think of jealousy like, oh, like so controlling. Like they can't even talk to another person without this person getting really irate and upset that they're even talking to that person. You know, it, when it comes to relationships, you know, sometimes it's understandable. Um, I have to question whether or not, or do you feel that way because you would do that yourself? Uh, or has it already happened? And there and there's this uh, resonant pain from that past experience that is causing you to become more jealous. Uh, and now I'm not going to say this negative jealousy is right or wrong. I mean, it's, it's an emotion. <laughs> that kind of thing happens. And it, it's... It's really hard. It is hard to kick, but the reality is, is it our love for another person 
And is our love for God based off of a negative jealousy or is it based off of a trust? And, and it can't be a blind trust either. It has to be a very vulnerable trust for this other person and, and with God. All right, so this jealousy, when it comes to serving the Lord, uh, are we jealously seeking after certain things that have to do with God and lacking in the areas of serving God? All right, so in, in the verse in Romans, uh, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. All right, are we actually hating what is evil and clinging to what is good? All right, is, is our love being sincere? Uh, are we actually devoted to one another in love and honoring one another above ourselves? All right, a lot of the times it's like, oh yeah, I, I love one another and I honor others, but do we do that above ourselves? And to go back to the passage in Galatians, uh, it, in 4.18, it is fine to be zealous provided the purpose is good and to be so always and Paul says, not just when I'm with you, you know, not do, don't do all this kind of stuff just because somebody's watching you or right, somebody that you look up to. Oh, oh, notice me. Do th- I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Do it even when somebody's not watching. Have that zealousy. Have that, uh, uh, that goodness it, within that zealous. Zealousy. If is that's, that a word? I, I don't know, but We're if it if it it's not, like it could be. It, yeah, if it's not, I'm coining it, and I want royalties for it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. I, yeah, I don't think so either. This is not like a shotgun. No experience. No. All right. Well, if anybody knows anything that I, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I love that fervor <laughs> means to boil or to be hot. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your spiritual hotness. <laughs> so it's really like when we say we're being passionate about something. Yeah. All, I just saw yeah. anger in my head from inside out. Oh, yeah. And the flames coming out, yeah. shooting out the top of his head. Yeah. Hmm. And I love how in Galatians, he's like, I'm, I'm just perplexed about you. Like in uh, the situation in Galatians, they're, they're all about, doing the wild things like all about having that zealousy uh but it's like it's mister it's misdirected and because it's being misdirected it ends up being uh, a misguiding so it's it's very perplexing for paul like you guys have the fire but like you're burning down the woods with this fire we need the trees (laughs) You know, to make my own illustration. So question. Like, when someone follows someone who's not teaching what's correct, but they're, like, super passionate about it, would that be kind of what we're talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Especially when it's it's like, yeah, they really are teaching truth. But that's the only thing that they ever preach or ever teach or ever talk about. Kind of like how many how many evangelicals from way back in the day, maybe 60s, 70s, always preach the same kind of messages. 
but then it comes out that what they preached maybe against was the very thing that they were doing. You know, just because they had that one aspect spot on, they didn't have it in all the other areas. It's like, it, it's like if, if God is the truth, we have to accept the whole truth. Because if we only pick parts of it, it's only a half truth. And that, that's not the whole truth then. All right, so this has been a good conversation. Um, it's short, it's weighty, but, uh, and uh, there's probably a lot there, but we can get into our takeaways and maybe bounce off some of those thoughts as well. So, do you guys have any takeaways? Let me think. Knowledge is important to drive our zeal. That's my biggest one. Yeah. Knowledge is important. Um, <coughs> and I think we need to be very careful what we learn. And I think we need to be even more careful what we're teaching. Because... Uh, Bible says that. Yeah. Um, kids are watching. You know? To be more specific, knowledge of who God and Christ are from the Bible... Um, because we could say we know God or we know Jesus, but if the things we're saying we know don't line up with what's in his word, I don't know where that knowledge is coming from then. Yeah. And even in, in Romans, he, he says they have a zeal for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. So it, it's safe to assume that this knowledge that he's uh, referring to is knowledge of who God is, uh, and especially in Christ. Um, and going back to his desire in prayer, to God that the Israelites be saved. Raylan, do you have any takeaways? I think that we need to make sure we evaluate where like we're placing like our zeal. I don't like using that word. Can I say passion? I'm going to see change that to passion. Well, there there actually is a slight difference between zeal and passion. Okay, for the sake of the conversation, we're just going to say they're the same thing. <laughs> go, go ahead. In English, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Anyway, I think that we should make sure we're placing our passion within the right place and not letting it be misguided or anything like that because then that's where the whole knowledge thing comes in too. So yeah. you make sure you know where you're, you know, going with that. So to clarify, passions have to do, uh, depending on the term, have to do with uh, like someone in bloom, like being old. Do you get what I'm saying? Do I have to really spell it out? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's he say? What? All right. Um, so. Someone being old the, and in bloom. <laughs> Yeah, past ever, past being past someone's. They've, okay, so never they're mind. Dead. So no, I'm they're not dead. What they, are you talking about? All right, first First Corinthians seven thirty six. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the virgin, he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning. They should get married. How? So wait. Right, how, so the passions are like. This one is defined as uh, past the bloom of life. 
past one's prime. So basically, so it's you're an to old point, hag of a person who needs... No, not an old hag, but you're getting to the point where it's like, I guess it's long overdue that those passions are, are being too po- becoming too powerful. Okay. Perhaps. If you say long overdue, that makes a lot more sense than somebody yeah. being past their prime of life blooming. The prime of life. All right. And another term for passion is uh, suffering. That's the most important one because, you know, it, like it, we even, what's the movie? Passion of Christ? Yeah. Yeah. The suffering but of Christ. That That's his, uh, he took on the suffering. That was his passion. Do you want me to edit that part? For the podcast's sake, for the time being, we're using the English definition where they're basically the same thing. Don, what's your takeaway before we get into a fight over this? <laughs> why, does it always have to, why does it always have to lead because to... You're because Italian. I'm zealous. Huh? Because you're Italian. Both, yeah, we are both Italians. Well, we think. We're not really so. sure what really that is yet. I should get oh, my did results, you get your results this week. Yet? I think this week is when I get them. Yeah, you said that like three weeks ago, though. No, she said every that two week months from, ago. <laughs> every week from since then. <laughs> so what are your takeaways, Dominic? Um, so my takeaways are that we cannot lack in zeal, but we have to be careful what we're zealous for uh, and zealous about. Uh, we, we really do need to check ourselves and, and see whether or not we are, uh, that our, our passions in the English word, that we are passionate towards the things that are, are that are of Christ and that they're they're biblically sound like is it found in scripture that we should be seeking after this and seeking after that and if it's true don't just go halfway see if if, if there's something uh, that should be tagging along um one of the biggest my biggest passions is to uh, teach scripture in a way and, and talk to people in a certain way that gets them passionate about wanting to know more of who Christ is. All right, so our zeal can't just be this one and done thing. It can't be because, oh, my church is so awesome. This zeal cannot be any of those kinds of things because our zeal needs to be found, uh, have a foundation on who Christ is that should be leading into how we can serve others. And, and serve them in a way that they that we see them as you know like better than us and in serving Christ as well does that make sense sorry I kind of stumbled over my words a little bit it's all good question yeah <laughs> so you said like you know not being about the church or whatever you know like the church shouldn't whatever okay i know that made a lot of sense is it okay to be like yeah my church or my pastor makes me want to pursue god more like is that okay like that's a i think it's a good way for a testimony on how christ is impacting you because christ can impact you through a church it could be through how you're teach, how you're taught from the pulpit or in a Bible story, whatever it might be. Uh, so to say it in that way, to say like, this is how I have been impacted, versus because I'm impacted, you should do the same thing. 
and and there's a different and that's really how it comes like hey our church is great you should be a part of this and do this and do that uh, but really like we were saying earlier if if we want to get others zealous for Christ we can't just make carbon copies of ourselves uh, and I didn't word it that way but I I think that's the best way to describe it we cannot make carbon copies of ourselves uh, if somebody can get plugged into our church great but if they can get plugged into any church and thrive with a healthy zealousy for God and serving God, then I would rather that. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. That That's the main thing right there. The goal is not to gain more pew warmers. Yeah. You know, and I feel like whenever we don't encourage people to go where they can get plugged in, that's all we're really worried about then. And like that's not developing a zeal in people. Yeah. All right, anything else before we close up? All right, so we're going to actually continue this conversation on zeal next week, and we're going to go through a passage in 2 Kings, and uh, it might, it may not be as, it may not even be as long as this one. Uh, we're getting just over 45 minutes, but uh, there's a lot of uh, historical stuff that I want to talk about in 2 Kings chapter 10, uh, leading up to 2 uh, Kings chapter 10 anyway, to get into the zeal that's found in that, in those passages. So, uh, after that, I, I, I like contact us and let us know. This is a question that I really want everybody to answer the best of their ability. Um, how much have you heard from song of songs at church? Okay. I, I want you, I want to answer. So I want to know, uh, because I, I have a, an ongoing theory as to what's going on with that book. Uh, if you see on our social media, we posted something on there like, why is this book in in the Bible? Like, why is it there? Uh, and we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks, uh, not next week or the I think it would be the next week after, right? After we do the second part of Zeal. Right. All right. So answer the question. Email us. Uh, comment on our Facebook post or Instagram post and let us know. Uh, your thoughts and comments, especially what you think or know about Song of Songs, all right? And uh, our contact, our our email is contact at onefear.net. And thank you very much for listening. And per the usual, live live such such good good lives. lives.